go to Second Timothy. This ain't not in my notes. Don't worry about it, Teresa. I'm just going to read uh, what the scripture says. First Timothy chapter one, verse three. Those of you who want to follow in your Bibles, you can. Paul says, I thank God whom I serve for my forefathers with a pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Then he tells Timothy, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance, that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. And that's what I believe the the Lord wanted me to share with you tonight that he wants us to stir up the gift. Hallelujah. The gift that is within each and every one of us. The Holy Ghost has gifted us with divine power from on high. And God wants you tonight to stir up your faith, to stir up the gift, to begin to stir up that which God has given to us by way, through our faith in Jesus Christ. So Father God, we, we stir that up tonight. We stir up the Holy Ghost. We stir up the power of God. We stir up the grace of God. We stir up the gift of God. All that has been afforded us through the finished work of the cross, Father, we stir it up in faith and we give you glory. We give you praise. We give you honor for every manifestation of your spirit tonight. Your children are stirred tonight. Your children look are looking to you tonight. You are our portion. You are our bread. You are our victory. Hallelujah. You are our righteousness. You are our our peace, oh God. You are everything. You are our all and our all tonight. So we look to you tonight, Holy Spirit, to minister to your people tonight. The very victory of the cross of our Savior. Begin to give us divine revelation and divine light concerning your finished work, Jesus. Help us to recognize and understand those things that have been freely given to us by way of your work on the cross and your divine resurrection. We thank you tonight, Master. It is all you. And we pray, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to use 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 17 and 18 again as our foundational text. And I do want to go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. And Paul wrote, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. And we found that out through these teachings, that the cross of Christ can be made of none effect through the, through the tradition of man. 
and the lack of understanding of those things that have been freely given to us by way of Jesus' resurrection. So he goes on to say, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us, somebody say unto us, we are those. Unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. So the gospel, the finished work of the cross, the preaching of the cross, releases the power of God. We begin to experience the power of God as we begin to get revelation concerning the victory of this cross and our union with Jesus Christ through his resurrection. Amen? So that's what we've been talking about the last few weeks. And we want to continue along those lines tonight. I want to go to the book of Ephesians. We've been spending a lot of time in the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians is full of revelation. Full of uh, revelation of the cross and its finished work. And we want to go to uh, chapter 3. Amen. And we're going to go start there. There we are. There's Ephesians. Chapter 3, verse 1. And we're going to do some reading tonight, so just lay back and just let's read. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. So Paul says that he is the prisoner of Jesus Christ for the benefit of of the Gentiles, of those who have uh, accepted Jesus Christ, who are not natural-born Jews, and that was mainly Paul's ministry, was to the Gentile nation, talking about people like you and I, who are not naturally-born Jews. He says, I'm the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. Then he says, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you would, So Paul was focusing always, always on God's grace. The dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you word. In other words, they were to experience God's supernatural, unmerited favor through their faith in the cross and Jesus' finished work. Amen? Then he says something interesting here in verse 3. How that by revelation... Again, everything that Paul received in terms of the cross, the victory of Jesus' cross, the finished work of the cross, he received by revelation. He did not walk with Jesus in his earthly ministry. Paul received everything that he received from God concerning the cross through the Old, uh, Old Testament writings and the Spirit of God revealing to him the connection between Jesus Christ, his resurrection, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. So he says, how that by revelation, he made known unto me the mystery. So up until this point, this type of revelation or this type of doctrine was a mystery. Mankind had not yet gotten a full understanding 
of the connection of Jesus' resurrection and what took place on the cross. They knew that they were born again. They knew that they were saved. They knew that their names were written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But they did not understand that they had this spiritual access to God in the way that they had. So it, it took revelation from the Holy Spirit in order for their eyes to be opened. Of course, we know the prayer that Paul prayed here in the book of Ephesians, that God would give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that they would know what is the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So all of these things had to be revealed to Paul, and that same Holy Spirit that revealed it to Paul, wants, you, wants to reveal it to us tonight. God wants to go, us to go deeper and deeper in the revelation of the finished work of the cross and our union with it and our victory in it as we share all of his victory. How, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote a four in few words. Verse four. Whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. So it was important, Paul said, for the people to read the gospel. It was important for them to put their eyes on the word in order that they would receive the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit. Same holds true with you and I. It's important for us to read the epistles that Paul wrote. Because it opens us up to everything that was bought and paid for on Calvary. This holy access that we have to God right now as as believers in Christ, God wants us to know these things as we meditate on truth. Now we found out, because Jesus always said, you shall know the truth. And the truth that you know, it'll cause you to experience divine freedom in every area of your life, but certainly in the spiritual. Okay? He says, verse 4 again, whereby you may read, when you read, you may understand. Somebody say, we need to understand some things. Understand my, my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Then it says something here very powerful in verse 5. Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men. So before this time, when Paul wrote this, mankind did not have access to this information. I mean, King David... Uh, had an understand had a vague understanding of these things. The Old Testament writers they they had a vague understanding of these things, but it was a type and a shadow. It was not rep, real revelation. So Paul says, which in other other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Hallelujah. So these, these, this revelation that Paul got, I think they call it the Pauline revelations, 
And we found out last week that some of these things that Paul received by revelation, Peter himself said some of these things are hard to understand. If you're not looking at these things from a spiritual perspective and allowing the Holy Spirit to give you light. So he says, these things were hidden in the ages past, but now they are revealed to the church, to you and I. Things that King David didn't know, things that Isaiah didn't know, things that all these, Elisha, and much power his, he walked in, and Elijah, much power they walked in. They did not understand what we understand. That's what the scripture teaches. These things were, were hidden, but they, they are now revealed to us. Verse 6 says that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs. That was another revelation that the Jewish nation was not the only ones who could have relationship with the living God. But that every nation in the world would have access to Israel's God. Hallelujah. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs. That means that everything that was promised to Abraham through covenant relationship, you and I have access to right now through Jesus Christ. We're fellow heirs. And of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel, by the good news. Hallelujah. So we can partake of everything that Jesus bought and paid for on Calvary. Everything that his blood uh, bought for us, we should have experienced in our generation because God says we can. He says, he goes on here to say in verse 7, Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God, given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me, verse 8, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. The unsearchable riches of Christ. The unlimited, hallelujah, riches of Christ. I love it. There are things that God wants us to experience in our generation that, are go, that go far beyond our carnal mind and our carnal thinking. That's why we have to develop the mind of Christ. So that we can begin to think God's thoughts. So that we can experience the things that God wants us to experience. Here on earth. Now there's some things in eternity, obviously. There's some things we're, throughout all of eternity we're going to be knowing. We're going to find out about God. But I'm here to tell you there's some things that God wants us to experience now because the cross was effective. Amen? So I'm going to read verse 8 again, the, the second part of it. That I should preach among the Gentiles... The unsearchable riches of Christ. Verse 9. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery from the beginning of the world had been hid in God 
who created all things by Jesus Christ. So Paul says, I want every man to see it. That's why they were out last night in the, in the neighborhood, amen, walking the streets, telling people about Jesus Christ. Because God wants all men to see, all men to experience the unsearchable riches of Christ and benefit from his cross and benefit from his resurrection and experience the divine throne room of God, hallelujah, as our inheritance. Glory to God. To make all men see was the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world had been hid in God. So God had hidden these things just for this time, just for this generation. See how blessed we are? That we have access to things that they didn't have access to back, back in the beginning. God had actually hidden this revelation that they could experience God on this level. Which had been hidden God who created all things by Jesus Christ. And verse 10 really opens up our eyes into really why God wanted to reveal it at this time. To the intent that now, somebody say now, that now unto the principalities, and the powers in the heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. Hallelujah. We are an anointed, we are an anointed by God to demonstrate to the principalities and powers God's manifold wisdom. We are called by God in our generation to let the devil know, to show the devil how badly he was defeated on Calvary. Hallelujah. That's part of our assignment. Amen. That's part of what God wants us to do, to demonstrate to Satan the principalities and powers who we wrestle against, how defeated they are, and how defeated Jesus rendered them on Calvary. He's going to use the church to do it. He is the head, head of the church, but we are the body of Christ. So God wants us to do that in our generation. But it takes revelation. We have to understand that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We have to understand that no weapon formed against us in our generation should prosper. We have to understand that we are the redeemed of the Lord. And we ought to say so. Hallelujah. This is our position. God has positioned us this way for his divine purpose. And the Bible goes on to say, verse 11, according to the eternal purpose, hallelujah, which he purposed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So that was God's eternal purpose, that mankind would walk in this type of power and victory. Verse 12, in whom we have boldness, and access, uh, you got to see that. In order for you to experience the access, you got to, you got to know that you have access. That the blood of Jesus has given you a legal right into the very presence of Almighty God. 
that you are always accepted there because you have a blood-bought right to be there. Hallelujah. And you ought not let any demon, any fallen angel tell you otherwise. You ought to demand your rights and enter into that which God has prepared for you before the foundation of the world. This was his eternal purpose. God was thinking about this before the foundation of the world, that you and I, in our generation, and the whole body of Christ, would experience him on this level. Now, religious minds have to be sacrificed. We have to go to the Word. We have to see what the Word says and believe the Word and walk in what the Word says. The things that God says are possible are possible. No matter what my natural mind says, every, every imagination that says otherwise, I cast it down in the name of Jesus. Scripture tells us to. Casting down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. I, I got to cast it down. If the devil tells me I'm weak, he's a liar. I'm strong. I, I got to understand that. I got to remember that. The devil tells me I'm sick. I tell him I'm healed. He tells me I'm poor, tell him I'm rich in Christ Jesus. But you got to know what he says, what the word says. Now, let's go to Psalms 115. I want to see something here. Excuse me. And verse... 16. And we're talking about the finished work of the cross. And we're talking about, again, God's eternal purpose, because we just read what was God's eternal what, what was God's eternal purpose for mankind. It says here in verse six in verse sixteen of uh, one fifteen, the heaven even the heavens are the Lord's. That's talking about heaven itself. That's talking about where God lives, where God dwells. Amen. That's his. He says, I, that's mine. The heavens belong to me. But he says here, but the earth where we live, hath he given to the children of men. Okay. So what is that saying? That's saying that God, his eternal purpose has always been that mankind would dominate and rule and reign in the earth. The earth belongs to God, but he has delegated the authority to rule and reign in the earth to man. We found that out, of course, in Genesis 1 and 26. That was his original plan and purpose. That, that man would walk in dominion. As a matter of fact, let's go there. Because this connects us, these, this scripture connects us really with Genesis 1 and 26. And we need to put our eyes on this from time to time. Because what God wanted in the beginning, he still wants now. He hasn't changed his mind. Man has changed his mind concerning the assignment, but God has not changed his mind. He says here in verse 26 of chapter 1, And God said, 
let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth. Pastor was preaching on this the last couple of weeks. Over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So this was in God's original plan that mankind would operate in this type of authority and power. And the cross, Jesus' work on the cross, his death, his burial, and his resurrection gave that power back to mankind or gave that authority back to mankind through Christ. So once you became a Christian... Once you got born again, you received a legal right from God through Jesus to dominate the earth. To exercise authority in the earth. The only thing that stops us from doing that is a lack of understanding. Is a lack of the knowledge of Christ and God's purpose for us in our generation. Now, I want to go to Matthew chapter 17. I want to see something here. Look at something here. It's very interesting. Because you and I are more than just what we see in the natural. We are spirit beings. We're clothed in this physical body, but spiritually speaking, we are powerful, most powerful, because we're hooked up with God. It says here in Matthew 17, verse 1, after six days, Jesus taking Peter and James and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. His face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. So Jesus was on the, and those disciples were on the Mount of Transfiguration, and Jesus peeled back his humanity. And they saw the glory of God. They saw him as light. His face did shine as the light. They saw the glory of God. Now, let's go to John chapter 17. We're going somewhere. So Jesus, his glory was seen with their eyes. The power of God. The glory of God was seen by man. Now, Jesus is praying to the God the Father. They call it the high priestly prayer of Jesus Christ. How many of y'all know when Jesus prays to the Father, he gets an answer every single time? Amen. Every time, everything that the Son wanted, the Father was willing to give it to him. Okay? So, this is what he prays concerning you and I. His church. 
that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me. Hallelujah. And I in thee. So this is what he wants. This is what the, the Son of God wants. That they all, you and I, may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us. <laughs> Let us pop. Help God give us revelation. That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. So he prayed that. Then he says here in verse 22, And the glory which you gave me, I have given them. The glory that God gave to Jesus, Jesus prayed that it would be given to us also. The power and might of the Holy Ghost. Scripture says, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. We have been made complete by the finished work of the cross. I'm, I'm talking about from a spiritual perspective. So that's, that's what the Son of God prayed. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, verse 23, thou in me, that they, you and I, might be made perfect in one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them, has thou has loved me. Hallelujah. You can't get no better than that. That God, Jesus prayed that, that the Father would love us just as much as he loves Jesus. Because we're in him. We're one with him. This is what the cross did. It caused us to become one with Almighty God. It caused us to become heirs of God and join heirs with Christ. That means everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to us. That's why they call it the gospel, the good news. It's almost too good to be true, but it is. What has to happen is we ha our minds have to become renewed to this so that we can begin to walk in this because this is our inheritance. This is what Jesus went to the cross and was raised from the dead that we might receive. So, 2 Corinthians, because you might need another scripture to go with that to really bring it home. Because a lot of people, like I say, they struggle with this. They be like, that's kind of, that's, that's too much. No, but God said this. The Bible says this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. <clears throat> For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. That's what he did at creation, right? He commanded the light... To shine out of dark. Let there be light. And there was light. Amen. 
hath shined in our hearts that same power that he used hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I'll chew on that for a minute. Hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Yes. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. If you saw what you look like, it would cause us to get proud. You know what I'm saying? If we could really see it, it would really blow our mind. And, and we we subject to pride because we still got this flesh. So that's why it's, 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 in, this, it's in, in this earthen vessel. We can't see it. But uh, let's read it again. But we have right now this treasure in earthen vessels. The glory of God. The power of the Holy Spirit. God himself. Hallelujah. Paul said, know ye not that you are the temple of God? He dwells in us. He's one with us. The cross gave us that. You just need to meditate on that sometimes. That this is who he has made us to be. Let's go to the book of Ephesians, back to Ephesians. Chapter 3, verse 17. And this is part of that prayer that Paul prayed in in Ephesians. He he prayed a, a prayer in the first chapter of Ephesians, but he also prayed here in the third chapter that the people would begin to understand some things. And he says here in verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. What is that saying? That he may dwell in our hearts by faith. Well, that's talking about, now Christ is not Jesus' last name, right? That's not his last. Christ means the anointed one. It's, 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 He's talking about the power of God. He's talking about the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. That Christ, the power of God, the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God, may dwell in our hearts by faith. See, we can have this, all this power, but if we don't have faith in it, it does us no good. You know, we're powerful, but we don't release the power because we don't have faith. We don't, have, we don't understand that that power dwells in us. So Paul was praying... That Christ would dwell in their hearts by faith. Okay? That they being rooted and grounded in love. How many of y'all know all this operates by love? All this operates by love. We can't release this kind of power unless we're walking in love. That Christ would dwell in our hearts by faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. Then he says... Verse 18, may be able to comprehend. So we need comprehension. With all saints, what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height? And to know the love of Christ, which passes 
knowledge or human understanding. Why? That you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Man, you can't preach this way in some churches. They'll kick you out. You know that? You can't, you can't because they'll say, you know, that's blasphemy. But the scripture says we, that God wants us to be filled with all the fullness of God. This is what the cross has done. This is what we have access to. Somebody said when we get, when we get to heaven, no, he wants us to have access to it now. Right now, as we sit here now, he wants us to experience him on this level. But we have to act, understand that we have access to these things. Just like we have access to God's throne room. We can go there anytime. Matter of fact, we ought to not ever leave there. We ought to be there all the time by faith. Then it goes on to say in verse 20. Now unto him... That is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. That's what it's talking about when the Bible talks about the unsearchable riches. That's what it's talking about. The unlimited power, the unlimited potential that we have. According to the power that worketh in us. My God. The finished work of the cross. There you go, Pastor. It's the finished work of the cross. This is what this is what has been done for us. God rejoices when His children begin to understand these things. When the when the veil is taken away off of our eyes. Let me read that again. Now unto Him, all, how many of you know He get, He deserves all the glory? All the praise, all the honor. This is his work. He did it for us. That is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Under him, hallelujah, be glory in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. So Paul says throughout all ages, we're living in an age, amen? He wants us to experience it in our generation. He wants us to know these things in our generation. Getting ready to close. I believe I want to go to Colossians chapter 1. And we'll close there, I believe. Verse 9, for this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. So Paul was constantly praying that these different churches would get this revelation. And to desire that you might be filled with what? With the knowledge of his will. That's what God's doing tonight. He's filling us with the knowledge of his will, the hope of his calling. The things that he wants us to experience in our generation as part of the church. That we might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all what? Wisdom and spiritual understanding. 
that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and what? Increasing, constantly increasing in the knowledge of God. Stand to your feet today. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for divine light. We pray tonight, Father God, that we would begin to walk in these things as we believe these things, as we begin to accept what you say concerning your son's victory. And we do share in it tonight by faith. Jesus, our great high priest, we worship you tonight. We look to the Lamb of God, for it is your victory, for your kingdom glory, that your church experience these things. You are the head of the church. We are your body. And tonight, Lord, we rejoice in all that you have done. And we thank you. Throughout all ages, we'll be thanking you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Woo!